I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I can honestly say I'm sort of built for this. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Well, seems not everybody would agree. No, he's built for it. Do you want me to read his resume again? Yeah. Up next, Mark Grandy. And the best of. Wow, he was. He's built for it. When he he says he's built for this, this was public criticism. Well, what he really. Being dragged through the mud at a press conference. I think what he really means is he's built for this being this coach in this business. And he's built for it. He's He's not built for this system, though. He's built for this business. He's had 15 yeah. jobs. Yeah, I built for 15 the business. 15 different places he, in 28 years. He's not built for what Fred Warner does. He well, not he not he not built for what Nick Bosa does or Chase Young does. Maybe if they would have did it his way, they would have won the Super Bowl. Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. Yeah. Speaking of my Steve, way, Steve has a conference call at five o'clock where he's going to announce that Kyle Shanahan is not being retained. I called Kyle and let yeah. him know that I'm not working with him next year either. Well, you know. I didn't want you anyway. Steve, uh, if he did it his way, maybe they'd uh, they'd be holding the Lombardi. Maybe. maybe. I doubt it. No. Um, all right. Danny Green's going to join us in like, like 14 minutes. How about uh, Jonathan in the city? Hi, Jonathan. What are you doing? Hey, just uh, waiting for my son to get you know over with his dental appointment. Oh, good um, luck. You know what needs to go? It's not the coach, but I mean, you know, there's some, there has to be a scapegoat. I don't even get it. What needs to go is the nine get, wide nine scheme. That needs to go, man. I'm, it gives me a headache seeing a defense giving up that much space in the middle. I thought the the, the game in the defense is to not give any space, so I don't get that. And uh, if I may, right, just to get this off my chest, you know, I, I, turned, I, I think I already know the difference between – you guys had an interview yesterday, right, the difference between Steve Kerr and, and Kyle Shanahan. I think Steve Kerr, and I heard it from his mouth over and over again, Steve Kerr empowers his players. When push comes to shove, what does Steve Kerr do? He puts the ball in the hands of his players. It's up, them, it's up for them to win the game or lose the game, right? Kyle Shanahan, I think he gets over in his head and he always wants to win with his scheme. For example – at third and four, why did you pass and play to the strength of the, the Kansas City's defense? Their strength is do, to rush the passer and defend the pass. So mm. why did you pass instead of asking uh, your best run-blocking squad to get those four yards in third down and fourth down? I would have called my squad and have, I would have said and looked them in the eye. We're going to get this four yards with all our powers. We got two downs to do it. Get those four damn yards and we're never giving back the ball to Patrick Mahomes. I thought that was the mindset. Yeah, I, I, I can tell. Jonathan, I love you. You know I do. I, I, I'm going to be fighting about this for 20 years with people. I can, I can already tell. Um, the goal of a pass play is to have, uh, schematically, people run wide open. That play worked perfectly, and Spencer Burford went the wrong way. And there's no way in hell that you would say what, what some of you are saying if Brandon Ayuk or Juwan Jennings were standing in the end zone shaking their butt because they had just scored a touchdown in overtime. That play was schemed up perfectly, and one of the offensive linemen left one of the best defensive linemen in the game untouched. I'm sorry, it's not on Kyle. You don't run the ball on third and four at the end zone. 
especially not for those of you who want to come out and say Kyle needs to be more aggressive. I'll never understand it. He's too conservative. Run the ball on every play. Like, no, you can't have it both ways. Well, he's too conservative in ways. And I know what you're saying. You know, I know what you're saying. And we can play the sound about the Chiefs rejoicing in <laughs> but, the coin toss in overtime. But there's way too much of when they run the ball, you should have thrown the ball, and when they throw the ball, you should have run the ball. Like there's well, just too much of it for me. Well, that's never going to go away. Well, that's just never going I'm, to go I'm away. I'm never going to stop pointing it out when okay. I hear. Okay, and I'm never going too, to shy away from being critical when I think that there are reasons that, to be that, critical. That's fine. I'm not even talking about your criticism. Oh, I know. It's just people you get in two general. wide receivers standing by themselves in the end zone yeah. and we're yelling to run the ball. Jennings no. had a couple of defenders near him. He was near, open. Near-ish. Ayuk was alone in the end zone. Literally. In the painted area. Block. Throw. The catch, man. Touchdown. Block. The man. Yeah. And you and, and he and didn't strike up the band, and that's on Kyle Shanahan. So that's attention to detail. Well, <laughs> I well, put I put it on Spencer. You can put yeah, it on Kyle. I mean, ultimately, no, no it falls at, at Kyle's doorstep. Sure, when, sure, you, sure, you know, sure. When you don't have players make the plays that need to be made in the biggest of moments, because when Kansas City in overtime had two third downs and a fourth down, they didn't have blocking issues. They had plays that. Mahomes got nine yards on fourth and one, and Rashi um, Rice got 20, and Mahomes yep, got 20. Yep, yep. I mean, those were times where their guys were buttoned up, Andy's guys. Absolutely. Uh, Jeremy Zamora on YouTube says, I'm talking about the wrong play. We're talking about third and four in the fourth. Well, goodness, no, you're not, because if the idea is on third and four, now you're talking about the one right out of the two-minute warning. Right. Okay, so the point that Jonathan made was run the ball because if you only get two yards, I'm going for it again. If you go for it on fourth and two in a a tie tie game, game, in field goal range, in the Super Bowl, (laughs) then you should be fired. Right. So, no, I'm not talking about the wrong play. Um, FedEx Mike in the the city. Hey, FedEx Mike, what's up? Mark, Daniel, he is talking about the right play, and here's, here's the thing. It's fourth. It's third and four, right, Dibs? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. It, it's at it, it's at the two minute warning. This first play after two minute warning. How many timeouts does Casey have? Two. They've got two. Yep. Thank you. We run the ball. Guess what Kansas City has to do? No matter what, if we get her, we don't. What do they have to do? Nothing. Nothing. They burn a timeout. No, what they do don't. They no, they don't. Because it's fourth down, FedEx Mike, and they're going to let the 49ers line up for a field goal because that's what human beings would do in field goal exactly. range. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. But then look at all the time that runs out, and they only have and they only have one timeout left. No, they wouldn't use the timeout. They would let it go to about a minute, a minute 20, twenty. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes would get the ball with a minute twenty and two timeouts, and he would be fine. He would easily still and get the field goal, which is exactly what they did. Ran, what if we what if we run it and get the first down? What if you over, right? what if you throw it and get the first down? The right. game's over. What if I mean, you run we it and McCaffrey fumbles? We can, we can sit here and what exactly? We can what if all day long. I think a lot of you. Thanks, FedEx Mike. A lot of you are acting like McCaffrey was gashing him in the fourth quarter. He wasn't. He wasn't. He was getting totally stonewalled. In the fourth quarter of that football game. Overtime, he had a lot of yards. Overtime, yes. Yes. Although his biggest play was a pass play. His biggest play was a pass play. Now, if you want to take issue with the third and four play, and I'm looking at it right now, they break the huddle with uh, Purdy in the shotgun and two, quote, running backs next to him. One of them's Kittle. And then you send McCaffrey in motion. So now you have no run threat. And that, to me, was a bigger issue throughout the course of the second half of the game. I think that's you went a fair empty point. too much. That's a fair you point. took away the threat of a run a lot. And in this play, I'm looking at it right now, thanks to my uh, Xfinity recording, <laughs> and thank you, Xfinity, for uh, all the great things that you do. Hi, I'm Dan Dibley. Well, yeah, and I, I'd like to get back to that, but uh, it's been years now. Once they they move McCaffrey out of the backfield. You're not going to hand the ball to Kittle in this play, so you took no. away any threat of a run. No, no. Although, a lot of times they empty out the backfield and then somebody goes in motion back into the backfield. Right, but not this but, time. But I, I'm, I, I think that's a fair point that you make, and I, I, I really do. Uh, BPA's on the line. Hey, BPA, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> driving home. Hey, Dave, how you doing? Hey, BPA, I miss um, you. I, I know. Me Love too. you, babe. Um... <laughs> I think the scheme fit narrative is overdone. 
especially for defense. Um, I think that. Can you hear me? Oh yeah, you're doing great. Oh, we got you. Okay, good. Sorry, sorry about that. Um, okay. Like that, Belichick ran just as much four three as he ran three four in New England. The best defensive minds can run any kind of defense. They can adjust. So I think the the goal should be not to make not a not a incremental hire. It's go get a great defensive mind that is maybe not Kyle's equal defensively to his offense, but like go go try and get a great defensive mind who's incredibly intelligent can out scheme other teams because Wilkes couldn't do it. Who who is and, that? BPA? You, know, was, you got any ideas? Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. Yeah, my man. I mean, you do know that's like I, I, I hear you. It's, it's a great fun. Hire, you man. know, you know that's not happening, right? Can I, can I, can I game it out for you just a little bit? Uh, just a little bit because okay. we do have to go. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Bill Belichick didn't get hired as a head coach this year, right? So he has to kind of rebuild his brand a little bit. What better way to do it than come to the 49ers, win the Super Bowl, and then. You know, like I think he's an attractive hire in the next offseason, of which he's not right now. That's pretty clear. Yeah, I don't think that Bill Belichick, thanks, BPA, I don't think Bill Belichick needs to rebuild his brand at all. It's Bill Belichick. Everybody knows what the brand is. The the, the, yeah, issue, the brand is if Brady, then you win. Well, you said it yourself. And he's also, he's, he's getting old. Does he still relate to players? And does he want full control? Of the roster. I mean, those are all fair questions. Warrior Wednesday brought to you by Freeman's Appliance, a trusted name since 1922. Visit freemansappliance.com today. Speaking of the Warriors, uh, apparently Joe Lacob called Jeannie Buss and tried to trade for LeBron James. What would the deal have looked like? Where did this start? Draymond Green? Clutch? Is it still possible in the offseason? Former teammate of his... Danny Green is going to join us next. We'll talk that out. And those of you on hold, stay right where you are. We will circle back to your calls. It's Willard and Dibs. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He just has a currygasm. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing sure? wrong with that. Yeah. No, I am. I am sure. Yes. Uh, we're streaming live on Twitch and YouTube. Twitch.tv slash 95.7 The Game. YouTube.com slash 95.7 The Game. Dibs got a really cool hoodie on today. You should see it. It's from a poncho. Yep. Uh, well, it's raining out. So, I get it. Subscribe to the channel. Give us a little thumbs up button. We would really appreciate it. It's all powered by First NorCal Credit Union. Hey, look who's on the line, everybody. It's longtime NBA-er Danny Green, Odyssey NBA Insider. Insider calls are brought to you by the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, equipped for adventure. Let's have an adventure with Danny Green. Hey, Danny, what's going on? 
Not much, man. How you guys doing? We're doing good. What do you make of this story that came out earlier today that Joe Lacob called Jeannie Buss and said, give us LeBron or else? What, what's up there? <laughs> it sounds funny. It sounds like an April Fool's joke, even though it's only February. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, but when something like this comes out, I mean, I got a bunch of questions. First of all, you know, you played with him. What what's realistic here? Do you do you think LeBron is open to finishing his career elsewhere? Um, I think if he gets the opportunity to play with Bronny, I think yeah, for sure. Uh, I know he's trying to make it to Bronny, which I mean, it's gonna be tough. That's a lot of years. He's already got a lot of years under his belt. But to, to play with his son, I think he'll go anywhere. Um, but I don't think. Uh, listen, and I also don't think he's opposed to playing with Steph. But I also don't see Lakers giving him up. Uh, and if they do, they're going to want the whole team. So, you know, they're going to want Steph in that package. They're going to want Clay, Draymond, and I don't think that makes sense for either side. Yeah, it's interesting. And LeBron right now uh, sits alongside you and two others as the only players to ever win titles with three teams. Would he be motivated to be a guy to win a title in a fourth year, or is he just driven to win a title, period? I think, you know, a guy like him, his caliber and his competitive nature, he wants to win every year. I don't think it matters. He can win, if he can win six, he's going to try. You know, he obviously considerably, arguably the best ever to do it, but we all know he's always going to be compared or below Mike to a lot of people because he doesn't have six. So if he can play three more years and win seven, he's going to do that wherever he's at. But I think his ultimate goal right now is to obviously win and with the Lakers, but he wants to play with Bronny. Danny Green with us here on Willard and Dibs. Danny, uh, take us behind the curtain if you would. I don't know how you'll answer this or, or, or even if you can, but I'm curious when a story comes out like this, the Warriors called the Lakers right before the trade deadline and they wanted LeBron and the Lakers said no, but they sent him to Clutch and then Clutch said no, this whole thing. And now here we are a week later and the story comes out. Why? Mm-hmm. Who wants that story out and Why? I have no idea. I think there's a slow, slow media day. Uh, you know, there's a lot too much Valentine's going on, but I, I, I have no idea who would want that story or why it's out. It doesn't make any sense. But you know, some things come to light for no reason. Some secrets get shared. You know, today's world, nothing stays behind closed doors forever now you know, with the internet um, and everybody having stories and telling podcasts and you know, with changes in organizations where somebody may get fired, somebody may write a book. So, I mean, the story's going to get out eventually. Um, it's just weird that it comes out now, one week after, which it doesn't matter. Either way, it didn't matter regardless if it came out before. I just didn't see it happening uh, for either side. But, you know, it, it's funny to me because I, I, I always wondered if GMs, you know, called other teams just to see and mess with other teams that they would give up their franchise guy. You know what I mean? Let me call uh, <laughs> uh, Minnesota and see if they'll give up Anthony Edwards. You know, let me call and see if they give up Steph Curry. You know, I just wondered if GMs ever did that and mess with other teams just to see. Let's, let's see if I can get Joel Embiid. Let me see if I can get Nikola Jokic from Denver. Uh, I don't see it ever happening for any of these franchises, but I think they just, for the hell of it, just bored, and we'll see what the, what the asking price is. Yeah, but did you ever experience this, like, maybe from the agent side? You know, there's jockeying going on for the future. Uh, maybe this comes from agents who want a, a narrative out or they want to send a message. Did, did, does that stuff happen? Yeah, for sure. I could see certain things coming out from certain camps of putting pressure on the you know, certain teams, either putting pressure on for an extension or putting pressure on teams to win. Or, you know, you know, you know, Joel is the king of trolling. And I think, you know, not that he's necessarily done it recently or right away, but he will put certain things out there. Certain guys will put certain things out there to let them know. There's a possibility if you guys don't do what you're supposed to do, I'm sure Braun does too. He has random cryptic messages where it's like, all right, you know, we need to make something happen or win now, or I could be gone, or I need an extension, or I need to make certain, you know, I need certain players around me, or I'm not happy. And if you don't make me keep me happy, um, things could change. So, you know, some guys, some superstars have that power, and they do put the pressure on their organizations uh, within and, of course, within their, their, their group and their camp, you know, from uh, the outside and having their camp, you know, maybe leak something. Yeah, and LeBron with his uh, hourglass tweet from a couple of months ago talking about, you know, TikTok, you know, make my team better, and then the Lakers didn't go out (laughs) and do that. Uh, LeBron with a player option in the offseason. Could you see him being the kind of guy who would maybe take a veteran minimum kind of contract just to pick his next destination? (laughs) Or is he all about that paper? I wouldn't say he's all about that paper, but he knows his worth. There's no case or any scenario where he's – 
going to be worth the vet minimum. As much as ticket sales when he drives the organization, he's worth way more than that to any, or even at his worst. You know, he, he would never. I don't think he would ever accept the vet minimum. Even um, thinking about what Tom Brady did all those years in New England, where he sublimated his own salary to win championships, he wouldn't do that. I, I could see him to changing his salary, but the minimum is way different than changing his salary. You know, going from forty million to fifty million or sixty million, like to get fifty million a year to three or four, that doesn't make any sense. Now, yeah, he could go to maybe twenty. He could maybe go to twenty million. You know, something like that. But the minimum is a big drop. Uh, we're talking with Danny Green here on Willard and Dibs. Insider calls are brought to you by the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, equipped for adventure with capable features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, and standard third-row seating. Danny, what's it like playing with LeBron? And and by the way, if we're going to have fun with this, if LeBron and Steph played together, who's the alpha? <laughs> um, I think it would be Bron. Uh, he's his natural, natural leader. He's a great guy, a lot of fun. But, you know, he's a guy that Steph can play off the ball. And I'm not saying Bron can't, but I think he's better on the ball. And I see Bron be running the point guard and Steph coming off pin downs and Bron being aggressive in that nature. So I could see Bron, you know, being the alpha in that sense. Obviously, you can see also, even on the team right now, Steph may be the alpha offensively, but when it comes to the group and the team, that energy is really Draymond. So I, I could see Bron, you know, or Steph taking a passenger seat to, to Bron if he came over. Um, but yeah, playing like with Brown was a lot of fun. He's a big kid. You have a lot of fun off the court. Um, he tries. He make the game easier for you. He understands the game very high. Q remembers things. Knows how things goes. And you know, if he doesn't like something, he'll point it out and let you know and make the adjustments himself. Would a pairing like that be enough to coax you back into sneakers, or have you decided that <laughs> that you're just going to hang them up, Danny? No, I have not decided. Uh, I'm. It's not going to take much to coax me back in the sneakers. I only have a couple more years left, I think, of playing. And I'm going to try my best to try to get, you know, a couple, if the league allows me to. I'm going to try my best to get back on the floor if I get an opportunity. Um, I did have a decent opportunity in Philly earlier this year, which I thought went pretty well until the trade happened. But um, we'll see. If a team gives me another shot, man, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm here. Danny, speaking of being traded, uh, I wonder what it feels like. Here, this is the other question I have about the rumor coming out. If the rumor comes out, there are certain Warriors, Andrew Wiggins, for example, and others, mm-hmm. who now take that and go, "Oh, you, you were shopping me." How how does that how does that how does that affect a guy? <laughs> it could change. It can affect most guys, but guys that are in certain situations. When you play for the Lakers and you're not winning, I'm sure you, you got to know that you're going to be in conversations of trades. When you're playing for the Warriors, another top team that is uh, supposed to be making the playoffs, not only making the playoffs, but being a contender, you're not performing well. I I couldn't see Wiggins being shocked that his name might be in trade talks. Um, But it said it could affect certain guys. Like, I've seen certain reports of certain locker rooms being weird, and I guess Jalen Green in Houston, like, knowing his name was being shopped around, it made him feel the way he's a younger guy. But most of these other guys that are veterans, they know they've been around it, they understand the business. D'Angelo Russell knows it. Um, he's been traded a couple of times. He understands the business, so he ain't taking it personally. Uh, but he played well. He balled out, and for you know, for good reason, they kept him. Danny, as mentioned, you played for three different championship teams. What is it about a championship locker room? And at what point do you look around and realize that maybe you've got something special, and maybe that group can actually win a chip? You kind of know that before you even get in the locker room. You could tell by the roster and the makeup and what what conference you're in i said i knew before we got to toronto we had a good group i wasn't sure about when the champs i knew we had a contention san antonio we've done it a couple of times we had a really good group we kept together for a while in la the, the the roster we put together was just a group like ours it's really special and i think as the year goes along you can find find yourself seeing uh yourself being you know last team standing at least about halfway through if you guys stay healthy so you can kind of tell and notice that at some early early on in the season and even before that you can kind of see where the standings are of your your conference and what your roster looks like you know up until that point so and who has what and who you, you guys face with who you beat who's unstoppable um there was plenty of times so we, we knew that before the season even started we had a group that can do something special in san antonio um and in toronto and la as well uh do you still see these warriors as a title contender they have great pieces of they could stay i mean if Guys can get their confidence back, get in rhythm. It's kind of late right now. It's something you have to build throughout the season. I think they lost some some good pieces that hurt them. Um, 
I think they definitely are a playoff team, but I don't, I don't any longer see them as a contender right now this year. But I do think with the pieces they have, they can figure it out and bounce back. And they may have they have a short window of like maybe two, one or two more years of trying to figure it out. Danny, one team that's kind of uh, flummoxed my partner and I, and I'm kind of on board now, is the Clippers. What do you think about the Clippers mm-hmm. and their chance to win a chip this year? They're very good. They have a, a really good chance. I just don't know how well they'll match up with Denver and stopping Jokic and and Aaron Gordon and Jamal Murray, but I think that'll be a good matchup. It'll be out of the series, and they have a really good chance. They have all the pieces. They figured it out. I don't think anybody saw that coming or could predicted that, but, um, you know, Ty Lue has, has guys playing really good basketball together and figuring out, you know, guys taking less of a role to make the team better. You know, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, those guys uh, have really take, put themselves in the backseat or passenger seat and let, you know, Paul George and Kawhi kind of take lead, but also play their roles and play it efficiently to where everybody can um, thrive. Uh, Danny Green with us. Danny, I have a quick sort of two-parter with regard to Clay Thompson. Here, here's the first one, mm-hmm. and I don't want to make our audience suddenly not like you, but I want to remind everybody <laughs> that it was it, it was your defense in the in mm-hmm. the finals that that you know where where Clay yeah, tore his ACL. Yeah, what yeah. what what's like? What are your memories of that? Um, I remember playing in the finals, man. There is no, you know, letting somebody just go. Obviously, I did not, no intent to hurt him. He knew that. And since then, we both had had injuries, and we both have checked in on each other and made sure. And right now, we, I, I mean, I root for Clay. I'm glad that he's come back. He's done some remarkable things since the injuries. And I still think he's a great player. And I still think he can get back to that. I think mentally right now, he's still trying to find his rhythm and find himself. But, I, you know, and – we all everything everybody in the world that even if you're not a Golden State you know fan, you're a fan of certain guys and certain players. And I hate to see them win, but I you know I, I root for certain guys' individual success. And not that I've ever played with him; he's a close friend of mine or anything like that. But I've always competed against him. You always want to see greats like that go out on a good note. And right now, it's like you're hoping to see him get back to where he was. I want to see him you know continue to to succeed and do well. Okay, so let's talk about that. You're 36 years old. We're talking about your future. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Clay. He's a little younger, but his body's been through a lot. And there's been a mm-hmm. lot of talk in this town about, you know, growing old gracefully. He still wants to be <laughs> out there, thought of as a as a top player. What's what's he going through in 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 at this point in his career mm-hmm. mentally? It's crazy that people say we're old. we're early, not that old. I mean, we're older, but <laughs> Being in your mid-30s is, is not old. Um, I said it's more of a mental thing uh, more than anything for him as a shooter, you know, the life of a shooter, and adjusting to certain, you know, situations. Uh, for me, you know, it's just finding and getting an opportunity and proving that we can still do it at the, the level that we did before, or at least close to it. Um, I, you know, I thought I'd proven that my knee was – my leg was healthy and I had a good training camp. And even last year when I got my opportunity to play with certain groups, I thought so. But, you know, the league is getting younger. You have to continue to fight for your spot regardless of who you are. You got to continue to fight for your minutes. You got to continue to fight and prove um, what you can do year in, year out. Uh, because, you know, ultimately they want to find somebody that with a younger guy that's cheaper, that, that has higher potential, they can groom. Um, they no longer, you know, care to wait on or, you know, so what have you done for me lately type of, business and league and if you haven't done anything special for them lately they kind of forget and it's crazy that you know this guy won four rings for you guys and they're so quick to like oh let's, let's trade him let's do this and i'm sure that he's getting a lot of uh slack he's getting a lot of hell on on social media which is it was just nuts but you know it's the guy that has earned the right to have a rough year once in a while he had a great a great decade of, of playing career even longer than that um you know to have a bad it happens you know you have bad years in basketball sometimes you have bad shooting years and uh, year, last year he played amazing. He shot well. Or the year before, even he, he had a, he had a great you know, last two years or so um, before right after the injury. So you know, it, bad basketball happens. Tough years happens, and I just don't think you close the door on somebody like that. Danny, I didn't mean to call you old. I mean, you 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 know, <laughs> Man, younger like, than both of us. And, 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 well, and you're you're yeah, you're no LeBron. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not that far behind, but even Bron, like people say, you know, he's 40 years old. He's just old in terms of basketball years. He's older, but he's still, you know, it's a, it's all a mindset too. If you continue to mentally stay young and keep running around with the kids and stuff like that, you see Bron still doing some great things at 30, 39 years old. Yeah, no doubt. Keep telling yourself no that, Danny, because I'm north of 50, and let me just tell you, you hit 38. And it's all downhill from there, kid. No. <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. Some people age differently, man. Some people age differently. I know. But that's true. Yeah, I got still, you. 
Clay is still able to run around. If you're still able to run and move and slide, I think your body is more mental than anything. Now, once you start seeing your legs go and your knees go and you're not able to move as quickly or slide or get up and down and chase guys, then you have to think about hanging it up. Yeah, For me, kidding. it's like I'm still able to run a little bit. I'm still able to get up and down, get corner-to-corner corner space, shoot shots at a pretty good clip. So I, I don't think I, I'm ready to, to hang them up yet. I think I have a couple good years to, to you know, give some good, you know, competitive nature out there. Yeah, Danny, good luck, man. It's fun to have you. Thank you for coming Appreciate on. No, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, absolutely. We'll do it again. That was Odyssey NBA insider Danny Green. Insider calls are brought to you by the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, equipped for adventure. Uh, Braun is ancient, man, 39. Yeah, I mean, oh, boy, hang him up. Or don't. Yeah. All-star he's starter. A, he's only 10 years younger than me, for God's sake. Yeah, he's still looking pretty good out there, too. He sure is. And, he I sure mean, is. we talk about the chef and how he's playing at, you know, 30, what, almost 36 now, coming yeah. up here in a couple of weeks. I mean, we'll get back to your Niner calls here in just a sec. I'll, I'll just say this. I do think, and I wonder, to whatever level, whoever's floating this story, um, maybe an aspect of it is to dip toe in water and find out what everybody sort of thinks about it. And I will say this, based on the record of the Warriors, the conversations that have taken place, et cetera, et cetera, I'm not saying Warrior fans are big on the idea of rooting for LeBron. I'm saying they're more open to it than they have ever been before in the Steph Curry era. Without a doubt. Yeah, that I feel. Well, and I think that's an interesting question for Warrior fans is, and it would happen in the offseason, LeBron's got a player option if he declines it. And I I asked Danny the wrong way about him coming on a veteran minimum. I should have asked him about LeBron coming at like a $20 million deal. If he signs for 20 and Clay signs again for 20 and Chris Paul moves on, if LeBron comes here, and I don't think Bronny's coming out this year. I mean, he could. I don't think he's ready to come out based on what I've seen of him at USC. But would you would you want LeBron here if it meant a chance to get a fifth championship? No doubt. No doubt. Some Warrior fans, I think, would say no. Of course some would. Right. I'm not one of them. Right. You're, I mean, you're asking me. I would say absolutely. I'm there. I've had moments in my sure. fandom where I'm like, no, 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 not that. We're, we're, to me, we're past it. We're past it, and I would expect if there are major name free agents available this offseason, if they become available, a LeBron, a Paul George, if they become available, right. I expect the Warriors to explore every possible way to get their hands on him. I agree with you, but to me, LeBron is a totally separate category because he's been the number one villain forever. It's one thing to sign Chris Paul at 39 and say, okay, I get it. I don't like it. And even you had to swallow hard and kind of hold your nose at the thought of it. And I don't even know if you've completely warmed to it. Still not my favorite. He's coming back in about a week, and he's going to play a role in this stretch run. I kind of like the whole Warriors winning without him. Thing, but he's coming back. So I think LeBron coming here is that whole hold your nose thing times about a hundred for many fans. Oh yeah, and I feel the other way. For me, Chris Paul is harder to wrap my arms around than LeBron James. Yeah, that's just me. That's just me. Like James Harden, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook. Those are the ones that I would have the hardest time. Kind of wrapping my uh, head around. All right, uh, Kyle Shanahan today, just a few hours ago on a conference call with regard to Steve Wilkes. Sleeping on this for a few nights and I'm um, trying to make come up with a few tough decisions, but this morning I relieved Steve Wilkes of his duties. Going to end up making a change here, defensive coordinator. Really tough decision because it says nothing about Steve as a man or as a football coach. I mean, he's exactly what we wanted as a man. Uh, he is a great football coach, but just where we're going, where we're at with our team, um, from a scheme standpoint and things like that, um, looking through it all throughout the year, through these last few days, felt pretty strongly that this was a decision that was best for our organization, even though it was one I didn't want to make. It was something that once I realized that I think a different direction is what's best for our organization, and then it's something that I have to do. So uh, I let him know this morning, and I know I wasn't able to let you guys know yesterday because I wasn't sure about it yesterday, but I am now. Um, yeah, that, that last part, I feel like, you know, you could have left it out. I think people get it. It's almost like he's trying right, to apologize right. for not being honest about it yesterday. You can't be honest about it yesterday. People get it. You're a head coach of the 49ers. You don't have to spill all the beans every time somebody asks. Right. So, And usually when you fire somebody, and I've been in the spot of being the firee six or seven times, 
they usually know. Nobody woke up that morning. You know, I don't think we could have fired Dibley today. No. No, including the the time where they hired a new producer for our show, and they had him work two days. And after the second day, we went in for a show meeting, and that producer was not in on the show meeting. It was like, hey, should we uh, get a chair for for John Goulet? And the, now go ahead and close the door. So, yeah. Gone. It's, it's bad when the producer's not in the show meeting. Um, Fire Kyle right now. Not a good sign. Not a good sign. Hey, Roy and San Leandro on Withered and Dibs. Hey, hey, Roy, what's up? Hey, how you doing, Mark? How's life feeding you? Uh, fantastic, Roy. I don't know. Yeah. Better than Dibs is, but, but uh, you know, yeah. we're, we're getting along. <laughs> hey, look, uh, what I wanted to say was that, you know, uh, you know, going forward, I think, you know, that problem on the 49ers offensive line, I think that the team should have addressed that by midseason, after maybe around the seventh, eighth game. I mean, you know, because I don't know about that. You know, with the exception of that, uh, Williams and that guy named McKivitt, I mean, the 49ers need to go ahead and rebuild a line. They need another wide receiver, and they could use another maybe defensive end to to in the middle, so to speak, because. That stuff with uh with that coach that they Wilkes that they just fired, you know, it was obvious, you know, uh after those two games, you know, those playoff games that it was a it was going to be a problem with him. And I think Lynch and Shanahan seen it. What do you think? Um, Roy, yeah, I think that this has been a season long thing. I think your comments about the offensive line are accurate, although I would be even harsher than than you were. I don't think everything was all Sonny and Roses with Colton McKivitz. I think that he struggled in pass protection. That's who what everybody struggled with. And they're going to need to rework that offensive line uh, completely. And Kyle Shanahan has already addressed that and to a certain degree agreed. I think they've got somebody who can throw the ball now. And so now it's time to protect him. Yeah, without a doubt. And you've got uh, your first pick at the end of the first round. And you can use that on offensive line depth, or you can try to find somebody further down, or you can trade for somebody. The problem is is you don't have a lot of money under the salary cap. I, are, are y'all buying or feeling? I know I do. I think you do too, Dibs. Are you feeling like this was just a bad fit? Or are some of you feeling scapegoat vibes on the Steve Wilkes situation? We'll keep talking about it. We're presented by Fremont Bank. Full-service banking, no compromises. Willard and Dibs. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. To Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Chiefs Super Bowl parade today. Um, we mentioned it off the top of the show. We're going to go right back to Steve Wilkes in the situation. There's no other way for us to proceed. Uh, but for those of you maybe just hopping in your car after a day of work or looking for updates, um, a shooter broke out at the um, at the parade uh, because America. And uh, it's frustrating, it's maddening, it's nauseating. Um, I won't say thoughts and prayers, I'll say do something. Government, uh, we are now uh, at the point where it is, uh, is one fatality, and uh, local Mercy Hospital in Kansas City is treating nine children with gunshot wounds. So, nine children. Yeah. Who went to a parade. Went to a Super Bowl parade. Right, in Kansas City. Yeah. So, so it's just uh, it's devastating to think about. And, you know, you think about a parade here and what that would mean. And we all can think, well, that wouldn't happen here. And unfortunately, that happens everywhere. Yeah. Here, there, and everywhere in this country. And, yeah, I like your sentiment about do something. I wish I had more of a, of a positive outlook and more hope for 
something actually being done. I know we've made some incremental moves in terms of, you know, tracing firearm sales and tracing, you know, weapon sales and all the rest of it, but we are still a long, long, long way from being a society that has control of this, the real epidemic in this country. It's brutal. And I, and I hate some of the things that get politicized in this country, like COVID did. Uh, we don't have to make everything on, on different lines. This is life or death. And uh, bleep you and all right. I, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. So uh, anyway, uh, Kyle Shanahan today on a conference call with regard to uh, Steve Wilkes and him being let go. A little bit more on that. And I thought this was kind of maybe the money quote uh, and conversation. Because those of you who feel like Steve Wilkes is being made to be the scapegoat, I don't know if you feel this way, Dibs. This is how I feel. This, this, <laughs> if this didn't work, it's on Kyle. It's not on Steve. Steve came in by all accounts, tried to do what Kyle Shanahan's era and system does. And it wasn't able to click. Nick Bosa spoke openly and said Steve is really good on the back end. He's talking about the back end of the defense. He is a DB guy by trade. That's who Steve Wilkes is. He tried to learn what the Niners were doing on the job, and they thought they could get there in time, and they didn't. And it doesn't mean the defense was a disaster or horrible, but it wasn't right, and we can all agree with that. You saw it. You used your eyes. With the talent they have, it should have been a better defense. My question comes to this, though. Why did you – like, there was no reason to go – I know maybe you liked Steve Wilkes fine. You know, like there's plenty of people out there that you, that you like. Why did you go outside of the system? and grab someone who had to learn on the fly, as opposed to somebody who could fit right in. Why did you do that? You probably thought that his positives were so great that whatever his drawbacks were, his negatives, not running the system, he could adjust to it. Guy's been a coach, as I mentioned earlier, at 15 different locales in college and in the pros. He's been a defensive coach. He's been a head coach. He's got the experience. He's got the gravitas. And you bring him in for an interview, and you talk to him, and I'm sure they asked him if he could run the system, and he said, yeah, I can adjust to it. I'll run the system. How much are you paying me? Right. Yeah, I'll run your system. No problem. So I don't know how different it is what he wants to run and what they ran and how much he was unable to adjust. I do know that you had multiple times where defensive players looked like they were playing slowly this year, and they were a little bit tentative, and if that's – Steve's scheme, or if they were not put in the position that they used to being in to be able to go out there and play as hard and as well as they could, well, that's on Kyle. And I agree with you yeah. there. Uh, and here's what he said about it, by the way. The idea of forcing Wilkes to work in a system that was not his norm. That was the hardest part, and I knew that was a challenge. You know, it was tough. It was real tough losing um, D'Amico. It was tough losing Saul the year before. And But, um, you know, we had committed to not just the system, but the players that had been in the system from our D-line, our linebackers. They had played in it for such a long time. So it was, it was my goal to not have to change all of them and bring it in Steve, who was unbelievable and how loyal he was and him trying to do it. And But it just ended up not being um, the right fit. And so I... Uh, you know, it hurt for me to do this, but that's exactly why I had to. Yeah, so I, I, <laughs> that's the question I would have loved to be asked today. Why did you let, go back to last offseason? You have a system. If anybody in this world, sports world, is like more stubborn and married to the way they do it, it's Kyle Shanahan, right? So why did you leave? Why did you leave the system and hire somebody outside of your tree? There's plenty of people from, from, from which to choose. So um, that would be my only advice, not that anybody asked for it. But next time around, dude, stay in the tree. Don't, don't, don't hire someone and be like, okay, crash course, let's go. No. Go get somebody who does this because you've been very good for a very long time and you have amazing players. And, uh, and you're already going to have to figure some things out at the linebacker position for next year because Dre Greenlaw is not going to play. 
And Oren Burks is a free agent, and Demetrius Flanagan Falls is also a free agent. So we talked to Larry Cougar on Monday, and he was mentioning some of the young linebackers they already have. Well, they're going to have to step in now and play and play a significant role. I thought it was interesting what David Lombardi of The Athletic said on his Twitter about Shanahan getting overly ambitious with the hire, uh, figuring that the personnel and defensive structure was strong enough to allow what you're talking about and outside the family hire to come in. You figured what you already had was strong enough to where he could come in and just kind of figure it out as he went along as the head man. But And he didn't bring in his own assistants with him. Right. So he came in and inherited a system and had to marry his beliefs with what they already had. And Kyle Shanahan thought that would work. But why? Like, again, like, okay, I think our structure is strong enough to withstand this. Why test it? Because you've got a man in Steve Wilkes who's been a head coach. Sure. And he is a strong leader. And he's a guy who has been through it many, many times. And so you bring him in. And I'm sure he did well in the interview. I'm sure he didn't come into the interview and say, well, I don't know what you're running. I mean, mean, but but someone who is so married to concept and system and the way that's Kyle Shanahan. What's the positive? Like what, what is Steve Wilkes so good at that you decided to create this barrier coverage? And so you looked at your defense, and you th- I think you looked at your defense last year and thought, what's our biggest weakness? It's not the front seven. It's the back end. So you bring in Steve Wilkes, who is great as a defensive backs coach. It's what his background is. And you think, all right, Steve, you come in, you're the D.C., let's fix the back end and pretty much leave the front seven alone because the front seven is doing great. So if he comes in and fixes the back end and makes the right calls for the defense overall, it's going to be a good fit. But was the back end bad last year? It wasn't great. Hufanga, Jimmy Ward, Mooney Ward? Like, what? Like... Were they bad? Ambry Thomas. Ambry. Although Ambry was worse this year than he's been. Right. I mean, a couple years ago, you know, he put him into the playoffs in that game against the Rams. I think that that was your weakness last year on defense. Lenore was getting better. I thought Lenore was fantastic at the second half of this year. This year. Yeah. And that's Steve Wilkes. But he was getting better. He was already getting better. Lenore wasn't bad before this. He's a young player. I think the secondary was an area where they definitely improved this year for Mm. the most part. But it was the front seven who, in the run defense, is where you started to have real problems in the second half of the year and in the playoffs. Yeah. I just don't – I I never understand something where you're like, okay, we're going to have a conceptual issue, but let's do it anyway because fill in that blank. Like I get what you're saying. Well, maybe he was the best guy out there. Answer, and I don't remember the pool of candidates. Anybody, you could hire anybody. There's a billion assistant coaches. All and, and all you need is a mind that works with what you do. Think of the defensive coordinators in the Kyle Shanahan era. They've all crushed it. They're all getting head coaching gigs. So why would you depart from that formula? I, that, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. So, um, 888-957-9570. Let's go to Nick in Berkeley. Hi, Nick. What's up? Hey, man. A couple weeks ago, you guys were talking about, you know, the process, trust the process. When did you deviate from the process? And it's like, I, I, I hear what you're saying. You guys are exactly right. The whole point is, is that why did we let D'Amico Ryan go? Why didn't we pay him? Because, you know, maybe he was going to take, you know, Shanahan's job if somehow Shanahan lost the Super Bowl. No one's brought that up, for one thing. Another thing, why didn't you run Mason not one time during the game, bro? You didn't give Zazan a single carry. That's so disrespectful to the player. I, I, I don't even get that. You know, like, why didn't you call timeout when the Kansas City was in the hurry-up and they were going to their plays? You could have called timeout after you seen them line up. You had three timeouts. You didn't even burn in the first half. We could have shut them out in the first half. I don't even – I mean, like, Shanahan, what are you doing, dude? You could have went to the press conference also and said, yeah, I blew the game, man. All were, like, Bill Walsh, every <laughs> loss, Bill Walsh, and he's like, it's on me. You know, every win is on the assistant coaches and the players. All, all you know, all, 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 all glory to them. And he just never takes responsibility, man. It's sickening. It's Nick, like, dude, Nick, like, I, Nick, 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 you're, you're fired up because Jordan Mason didn't touch the ball? 
No, I'm fired up because Andy Reid used his other tight ends to get receptions when Kelsey was on the bench, and he could have used Mason to get in there to run a couple plays because Mason runs really hard, and not to give the guy one carry in the Super Bowl is just is just criminal. You know I, I mean, I, we have Nick. Thanks. We haven't seen Jordan Mason in weeks. When's the last time Jordan Mason got a carry? Well, he got six carries against the Rams in right. the second straight okay. game. So when no one was playing. Before what, the end, he had two against Washington, Okay, uh, five against Arizona, four against Seattle, two against Philly. He had none in the playoffs. Yeah, he had 40 all year. Correct. Right? This is not someone. Including six against uh, the Rams. I don't know. This is an odd thing to point to. Like, we got to the Super Bowl, and we didn't use someone that we never used. Right. And uh, the only reason he got those carries midway through the season was because Elijah Mitchell was hurt. And Correct. Elijah Mitchell was hurt. Correct. And Eli did did perform in the Super Bowl and performed well, by the way. And the D'Amico Ryan's comment was no good either, by the way. He was Why didn't you pay D'Amico? You don't stay as a coordinator when you're offered a head coaching gig. Yeah, you you couldn't pay D'Amico enough to 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 not go to Houston. By the way, you don't do that to people. You want to tell you bring up the word disrespect, Nick. That would be disrespectful if you're like, I mean, doing anything other than promoting. Like if I'm Kyle, don't be disrespectful. You call right? the Texans and you tell them D'Amico would be an amazing head coach. You make sure that you are helping your people get promoted within the industry. Now, Anthony Lynn making a lateral move to go to Washington and the Commanders and now be their run game coordinator, that is an interesting one. And I, I know he goes with Adam Peters, with whom he has a close relationship, and Peters now in Washington, but that's one where you, you kind of go, huh, because it's not like he got a job as an OC. No, but it's probably nothing more than what you just said. Like, right. if, if he's an Adam Peters guy, then he's going with Adam Peters. Exactly. It's a lateral move yeah. and a chance for him to maybe have more say. Maybe. When you're, you know, you're you're coaching underneath Kyle Shanahan, and, you know, you've, I'm sure, got some input on things, but Kyle's going to run it the way he wants to run it. Maybe. Although, if I'm a running game coordinator, I, 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 I'd like to stay with Christian McCaffrey. I think that puts you in a better position to win than going to the Washington offense. Right, doesn't even but if you want to maybe have a, a chance to get that next job and yeah, get elevated, I get you. If you're, you know, because you're not going to be the offensive coordinator here, that's no, for sure. No, <laughs> no, there isn't one. No, there so. isn't. There's never going to be one. Yeah, you're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMC FM and HD1 San Francisco. Always live on the free Odyssey app, Twitch and YouTube, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. The smart choice for low auto loan rates and super simple. Online application process. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.